0: Here we go, everybody. Yet another conversation coming out of Sam Magazine's Cutter's Camp this year, 2022. Month of May, Timberline Lodge, Mount Hood, Oregon. So stoked to have been there. Before I dive into the introductions of the people that were with me in the booth for this conversation, I want to give some shout-outs. First and foremost, wonderful time to thank the sponsor of this podcast, Prenoth, for not only supporting me and everything that I do with the Blade Dive, but for getting me up there to Cutters Camp. So, massive shout out to them. Olivia Rowan for the invitation, and then the opportunity uh, to just really take over the Blue Ox Bar and create the booth, because it's only ever existed remotely. So, Massive thank you to Olivia. Crystal Mountain is the sponsor of episode 46. If you've never been to Crystal Mountain, it's in the Pacific Northwest. It is an incredible place. Unumclaw, Washington. Uh, Views of Mount Rainier. Pretty amazing landscape. Lots of steep, skiable terrain. Beyond the perks, there are job opportunities there, and that's why they're talking to me. And I've got Connor Lyons on the line with me right now to discuss Opportunities, jobs that he's hiring for. So, Connor, what's up, man? Always a pleasure to catch up. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Yeah, thank you, Parker, dude. I'm I'm super stoked to be on here again.
0: Clue us in, because I know you know we got to talk a little shop here. But what specifically are you hiring for at Crystal Mountain this winter?
1: We're looking for another terrain park operator to help us build what we build here, preferably with you know uh, at least a couple years or you know, some solid, uh, terrain park building experience. But, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be someone who can build jumps and like, you know, has built all these features or whatever. Um, just someone who's willing to learn and like adapt to, uh, our little operation here, you know, it's not the hugest park operation in the world. And, uh, we, we try to do a lot with a little, you know, so someone who's kind of willing to, put in the time and like make it happen with a small crew you know that that's really what i'm looking for someone eager you know
0: yeah no doubt and i will say that you know those smaller programs are really rad because of the rapid progression that can happen with somebody's skill set in the machine oh yeah absolutely
1: yeah lots of opportunity here for someone who maybe wants to get a little more experience like building creative stuff and you know someone who wants to say hey I want to build this feature, and you know, I I totally am as supportive as I can be of you know someone trying to you know figure something out and build a feature on their own. You know, our smaller parks are definitely our most popular parks here, and everything, and it it it, it really does show. You know, like hey, this guy built this, and you know, we got this many lessons doing it, or the freestyle teams hitting this, and. You know, people are stoked, and those are paying customers who are here because of it, you know?
0: Well, tell us more about the team at Crystal. I know you kind of elaborated on it a little bit, but uh, if you got any more intel, uh, tell us about yeah. the team there.
1: Yeah, so uh, fairly small crew. You know, uh, we're hoping to have just two full-time park operators, and then, you know, every once in a while we'll pull in some help from some of our winch guys if we need some help like that. I'd say, like, sort of the defining thing about our park is, is we really build a lot of cool flowy uh cranny finder type features you know like a lot of stuff where you can get really really creative in a snowcat and um yeah that stuff can be difficult to groom for sure but um you know our our existing operator that we have john he's super into it and super talented dude and it, it, it comes out really cool and people get really hyped when we build that stuff
0: I got to know, and so does everybody else, but where can people apply?
1: So that's going to be at crystalmountainresort.com. If you go to the bottom of the page there on the left, you'll see the little employment tab. Hit that up, and that'll send you to all of our jobs posted online, and we'll have a terrain park groomer position posted up on there.
0: I can't thank you enough for taking time to connect about what you got going on up at Crystal, uh, how you're building the team out, who you're looking for, uh, and letting everybody know that you're hiring, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you, Parker, dude. I'm I'm super stoked to be on here again.
0: Okay, huge thank you to Crystal Mountain for being the sponsor of episode 46 and to Connor Lyons for carving out time to catch up with me. Like he said, you're going to want to head over to www.crystalmountainresort.com and check out the terrain park operator job that he is looking to hire for. My guests today for episode 46 are Chloe Butel and Mary Walsh. And if you have no idea who either of these individuals are and you've been living under a freaking rock, here we go snowboard mag snowboarder mag olympic commentator do tour commentator mary walsh rock star sierra tahoe north star timberline park crew holy cow direct contributor to take the rake chloe butel this is going to be a deep conversation unpacking a little bit more of what we discussed in episode 45 so here we go
2: already.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blade Dive. Um, always glad to have you tuned in. I have some really rad guests with me in the booth. That's right. Um, I'd say one of them is virtual. Well, analog. That'd be a better way to put it. But Chloe Butel is here with me. Chloe? Hey.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: and Mary Walsh is with me on or with us on the phone Uh, weather is kind of shit today down in town and around the mountain, month of May, Oregon, you know, as Lane Knack said, don't go change in Oregon. So weather's not good, playing it safe, Mary's down in town, but we're going to talk and recap, take the rake. Mary, welcome. How are you? Thanks for taking time to connect with us today. And are you, are you still in Govy?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm calling in from Govy right now because it is nuking outside, and uh, the road is a little a little intense to get around currently, but I'm excited to be here with you guys on the phone.
0: Yes, the weather is quite awful outside, so thanks for playing it safe, Mary, and not driving up. Uh, but I want to jump into this conversation as we unpack uh, some of the take-the-rate conversation, but also, too, maybe give us an update. If, Chloe, you want to go first, why you're up here at Cutters and what went down this season for you?
4: Yeah, last time that we spoke um, on this this podcast i was trying to figure out my next move because sierra had undergone a wildfire and and that kind of changed my plans a lot and i ended up actually working up at north star um which was an incredible experience that team there just like took me in like i was family and i learned a lot from them and finished off my season there after um after the winter and found my way down here to Timberline again, my second summer uh, operating on the snowfield, And I actually showed up last week for the It's Tits build with Crush from Snowboy and Weasel and the whole Digger team, which was made up of 14 women. So that was really exciting. And then this Cutters Camp has always been a dream of mine to come to since I ever heard of it first um, four years ago when I first got in a CAT and it hasn't happened in a few years. So being able to come to my first Cutters Camp this year um, after a hiatus of a few years is really special. So I was actually invited to be a presenter and coach, which was an incredible opportunity. So that's why I'm here.
0: Very cool. Very cool, Mary. You've got a bunch of stuff going on. Um, wrapping up the winter season, you've traveled the world. Um, let's go ahead. And call, <laughs> let's go ahead. And call that. You ask the right questions. I think that's one thing I've always noticed about you and your writing too. You're very, you're a great listener, and you ask those questions that are wonderful for everybody to listen to and digest answers that come from people you're either interviewing or around. But I don't know if you can if you can give us a brief recap of how rad the season was because it was awesome to see you on the TV um, it was awesome <laughs> to see you on the YouTube but um, fill us
2: in
3: oh um, thank you that is uh, thank you for the wonderful intro and the and huge compliment just the listening aspect that's really uh, that means a lot so thank you for that um, because that's I think one of the things is asking questions and the listening is always trying to trying to really kind of hone that in and improve on that you know so I appreciate that a lot um, So um, I, uh, of course, worked at Snowboarder Magazine for about a decade. And then, um, unfortunately, you know, media and COVID times and that kind of ended in, uh, I guess, the year before last. But um, what was really incredible was a year ago, almost exactly now, um, our former publisher, Jeff Baker um, at Snowboarder, who is an incredible person, photographer himself, and then um, was the GM at Snowboarder and then Snowboarder and Transworld and was one of the founders of Snowboard Magazine, actually relaunched the magazine and uh, invited Mark Clavin and I, um, one of, another amazing person, um, photographer, writer, great guy, to join the Snowboard Mag staff. So last summer, we relaunched that. And so that's been a really big focus of mine over the last year. And uh, we just started print production over the past month for our next volume, so that's been really, really great. That's been huge, getting to work with the crew and continue trying to, you know, get to, I guess, just getting to talk about snowboarding is <laughs> so wonderful. So getting to work with them is awesome and do that. And then in addition, for me, over the last couple of years, a big personal challenge and point of excitement has been uh, commentating. And um I've been doing a lot of that this year, uh, you know, I think. You know, my biggest kind of notable one is uh, working with natural selection, which is like the biggest honor for me to be a very small part of, you know, a very small cog in the in Carter and the entire crew, T-Bird, everyone over there. Um, so I've been uh, was working on uh, the commentary for that this year. I went over to China um, for the Olympics. And uh, yeah, just... Again, just really very lucky to be able to talk about snowboarding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just to do that. I think that's one of you know yeah. my favorite things to do in general, and also in that aspect, such a huge personal challenge to grow and learn and try to get better. So. Yeah. um it's like my uh, my Alaska. Sorry, that was kind of a long explanation.
0: <laughs> no, that was perfect because when when you do talk, it's uh, magnificent. You've got some wonderful things to say. Thanks. So hearing all, hearing all of that and everything that you've accomplished is really cool. I don't think I've ever really gotten the full download. So that was awesome to take in. Nope. Um, okay. uh, one of the things that really went down uh, this week at Cutter's Camp was the Take the Rake panel, which was incredible to listen to. There were some tough questions that got asked. Um, the panelists posed some tough questions back to the group, but Mary, you had some amazing points in that conversation. And so did Chloe and kind of jumping back to that listening point of listening with intent, but also in doing that, you're able to respond. And as I mentioned earlier, you're a pro at it, but asking the right questions so that you're a bit more approachable and to kind of backpedal that a little bit. Um, we're trying to gain, uh, I, I, am as a dude, um, maybe some perspective on how we can get more women in this industry uh, through and in operations. So whether it's terrain parks or um, lift operations or uh, Alpine uh, fleet grooming, whatever it is, if it's welding, lift maintenance, I think it, it expands beyond terrain parks, right? But you brought up some really great points, Mary, and one of them was listening and how um, the, the industry as a whole, not just even dudes that are the majority of the audience Uh, within the snow industry, how listening is so important to be able to foster a conversation that can include how we can be more inclusive for everybody that wants to be a part of uh, the snow industry. And so I guess my question is, what do you think that that looks like if we were, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last night with, or yesterday with Laura Rogowski, the, the listening component and how it fits in. And if you're not good at it, how do you get good at it?
3: Oh, man. Well, I think it's like anything. And I think it's really easy to make, you know, a metaphor with snowboarding or skateboarding or skiing, you know, all these things that have put us in these positions uh, professionally, because we love them so much. Um, it, it just takes practice, and it's okay for it to take practice. And I think, you know, for example, when it comes to snowboarding, it's not easy. It's it's very hard, but that's not that hasn't stopped any of us, you know? Yeah. And I think <laughs> we're used to you know, taking on a challenge. And I think when you work in the industry, there's a high chance that you enjoy taking on a challenge <laughs> and the pitfalls that can come with that. And I think that when you're working on expanding, you know, the, the people involved in something, whether it's as participants in snowboarding or in the back end in the industry, in the resort world, in any aspect of the industry, really, you know, it's, it's a process. And, and I think it's okay to see that as a challenge to not be that great at the beginning and to constantly be working to evolve it's all about like a sense of growth right and mm. and i think we're so good at on an individual level this is i guess a little bit of an adjacent thing but <clears throat> it we're so good at saying okay like i want to learn this trick on my snowboard or whatever it may be i want to ride this line or ride this kind of terrain and accepting ourselves for not being able to do that knowing that it's going to take us time to learn how to do that and kind of you know, you have ups and downs. Get frustrated. Have good moments. Whatever. But working on that process and all the kind of personal growth, um, you know, stuff that is involved with listening to other people. For example, it, we have to kind of give ourselves the understanding to have that be the same process. You know, if it if it's challenging, which it can be, even if you're amazing at it, it can you can still hit moments of challenge. And and so I guess it's almost just like kind of everyone just needs to be a little easier on themselves to understand that it isn't always that easy. Um, And, and I think one of the things that we've done in the industry, you know, is it's, and I'm sure this applies to many other industries is that we've often relied on people to kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, like fight their way through to whatever they want to go and Mm. kind of, you know, you, and that can include anything from working hard to kind of like, you know, really staking, you know, your, your seat at the table or blah, 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 whatever it may be. Um, and just kind of doing it on your own, I guess. And I think one of the biggest things to think about when we're looking especially to get more women and underrepresented groups in the industry is extending kind of that 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 hand, that opening that door, extending the olive branch, whatever it may be. And like you're talking about to just ask the questions and say, I'm here to listen, instead of assuming that someone will feel confident enough or um, have the agency to bring it up themselves. Which I feel like is oftentimes how things have have been in the past. Um, it, like I said, probably not just our industry, many so many industries. But to say, hey, what do you think? What are your goals? What are what are you hoping? Where do you want to go? So do you you know do you want a job? Do you want to go from the train park and grow into resort management or whatever it may be? And just giving someone the opportunity to not have to not have to rely on their own confidence to get them there, to be a, um, kind of agent of support and, um, I guess change with them. And I think that can be really huge and that can open up the door to so many more people and women in particular who may not be there quite yet, you know, with the confidence or anything like that to, especially if they're very green and new in, in the, in the world. Yeah. Um, So I think that could be so huge and it's such a small gesture and that's a great way to start with the listening aspect is just to say, if you have a a female on your park crew, say for example, and she's new, maybe it's her first or second year, instead of just assuming that she's going to come up and say, I want to learn how to build a jump. I want to learn how to do this. You could say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go into a planning session for the rebuild of the park. Do you want to sit in and just observe what we do and how it, how it works? Yeah. You know, so so that maybe the next time we do it or maybe later in the season, then it becomes a participatory situation. But just giving those opportunities for someone or asking them if they want those opportunities to that. That's a big part of just the listening thing. It's just kind of like putting it out there more than maybe waiting for it to happen, I guess. I feel yeah, like yeah.
4: when it comes to li- listening like that is so key. I totally agree. One hundred percent like that is that is how we we will get to a solution. We'll get these people in their place. We'll see how they're feeling and, and be able to communicate. But like the counterpart to listening is speaking. And I think that's a huge step. First is having these conversations and being mm. able to create space for these conversations, especially in a professional sense where you've like Mary said, have the confidence to be able to speak up and say, this is what I want to do. And, and having these conversations industry wide that are so important and, to be honest, very difficult to have. Very as, difficult. You know, a panel. We were four women in front of an entire filled room of men, mm-hmm. and that was. I can only speak for myself, but I was a little terrified going into that. But the fact that that conversation took place and we were able to have you know something to listen to they were listening we were listening back to to how they felt and how they could interact with us it's like it comes to listening and having this conversation and and it Takes speaking as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe transitioning into what Take the Rake has become, and uh, I know that Marcia's, uh said it before, and, and and Mary, all I think all the ladies up there said it, but it's not, it's not like Take the Rake is out there to be some kind of profitable event. It's it's out there for a good reason. Not that making money is a bad thing, but uh, Chloe, if you wouldn't mind, like take us down the road of what it's like to maybe. Uh, pass that idea on to other resorts or maybe your vision of how operationally that event gets uh, successfully set up somewhere else so that it can be replicated, so to
2: speak?
4: Well, the idea of her take the rake is that is kind of a catalyst in the industry for other events to take place and copy and and have, you know, space for women across the country at different resorts or different programs. So, so there is kind of this representation, you know, locally in that resort to to push women to to think that they can apply for that job or or to give them the skills that they want to learn in the trades or or just feel included and, and representate represented in their community um, to see these events we've have seen a lot of these events pop up since mm. since take the rake took place which is an incredible thing to see it was you know so successful beyond everything that we imagined when we thought of the event because you know we saw a lot of other mountains um, dark side parks and and another you know programs take on these similar learn to dig events and and bringing out women to to teach them the trade or just to help them you know create this community of other women that are all here to to be included and and learn um about terrain parks, which we're all very passionate about, so it's been incredible and on a, on an operations level to have events like this you know. I think the biggest bur- hurt- hurdle that we went through um and that may you know catalyze an event somewhere else is you know securing sponsors that are willing to put their name on the line for for these events and we were able to to do that with some pretty incredible companies that you know they kind of gave us a lot right off the bat without anything as an example so it's it's securing those sponsors, if you want, you know, to um, pay pay people like we did or, you know, be able to give them something, like give them a tool or give them um, a welding clinic or something. And it doesn't even have to have sponsors. You can just create a space at your resort or create a space for people to learn the trade more so than just snowboarding together. Too.
0: Really? relying on, I think, some great networking and some conversations here at Cutter's Camp. That's what I've enjoyed the most about this entire event. It's amazing. I guess my point is there's a lot going on, right? And people still have lives, but I would say that it's worth your time if you can to break away to certain things like this, to reset from, from an industry standpoint, so you can kind of huddle together. Is that is that what maybe a bigger conversation around Take the Rake is, just continuing to huddle? And, and do things like Cutter's Camp and present? Or do we need to create more events that are similar to Take the Rake? What do you think?
3: Yes to both. A hundred percent yes to both. Um, but, you know, I think the opportunity to 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 congregate with other people from around North America and around the world to, like you said, make those connections and um, is, is so huge across all parts of the industry. Um, And that's, you know, this is only my second time at Cutters camp and both times when I attend the events, I leave like so fired up because, you know, mountain ops and terrain parks in particular are so foundational to our entire snowboarding culture. And I think that this is an area of snowboarding that, that doesn't get the love that it even deserves and obviously like things like what sam magazine cutter's camp the blade dive like you there's different things that are happening that are that are shining that light on the individuals and what's happening in that in that uh part of our industry but it's so important and i think we can do more and, and kind of looping it all together that was one of the things that when i went to take the rake i was i was so excited about the event and then i was like oh my god like we have to talk about this even more than we are so much more because. Everything that everyone is doing who is attending Fighters Camp is is so foundational to our experience and our culture as snowboarders. Um, and I'm sure the same goes for free skiers, uh, but I can't, I guess I shouldn't speak for them, but <laughs> I imagine it's similar. Um, I just want to include everyone. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and I think opportunities, especially on the women's side, to come together are so, so important. For example, like, you know, the idea for Take the Rake was catalyzed by a question that Jess Goucher asked during a women's panel discussion at its tits in 2021. And, you know, and so like, for example, at its tits this year, we've kind of, uh, Crush has really spearheaded this, um, which has been amazing. Crush Feliza, um, that's no And he, it's almost taking a cue from a Cutter's camp, like a type of event and what you guys are are doing or everyone's seen up there in that, there's been a discussion, or a panel, or kind of activation every night to create that opportunity for connection and discussion. And I think the more, the more that um, you know, on the women's side, the more that people are getting together, you know, at Cutters Camp, at Take the Rake, at offshoots that like Laura Rogowski has been working on to do these kind of really cool intro uh, to terrain park, kind of terrain park 101 for women in different areas that she's been to this around the country this year. I mean the more the better, honestly, in terms of being able to get together and learn from one another and have these sessions and have these discussions. I I think, you know, personally, I think Cutter's Camp is one of the coolest, um, the coolest things that happens throughout the year and take the rake. I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then it exceeded all of my expectations, like blew them out of the water. And I was already like, so excited. (laughs) So I was like, dang. And, you know, having things like just having the women's get together where You know, you have so many, like you said, 14, like quiz said, 14, I think women building the park. Um, You have all the riders here. And then, sorry, I'm totally rambling. But the last thing I mentioned is like, I was talking to Olivia um, um, from Sam Mag, who is just incredible and um, so supportive of women in the industry and such a leader in her own right. And she was like, man, like, it would be so cool in the future to like, kind of have some more overlap in. It's Kits and Cutter's Camp. And I think that would also be so rad to have the riders and women in the industry who are here for uh, the snowboy event interact with the operators and resort crew and ops crew and builders and diggers and everyone that's here for Cutter's Camp, because we're only going to strengthen everything we're doing by making more of these connections and having these relationships. It's just like, there's so much that we can do. And I think we're, we're definitely at a period in snowboarding where we're in this renaissance we're talking about these things and figuring them out and problem solving and creating new ideas and getting people or people involved. So the more we can get together and have the opportunity to do that, I think the stronger and more exciting things become.
0: Deep answers from Mary Wolf. Uh, Chloe, <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, what do you think?
4: Um, well, I, I think this event is an incredible opportunity for anyone that yeah. is involved in it and to, have an all-women panel lead the uh, entire week off start the whole week off was was pretty it was powerful i think it really set the tone for the week and like these difficult conversations and and this this representation of like yes we're here and we're a part of this and this is also happening at the same time it's like like, everything just kind of came together really well with Mm -hmm. both events happening although it was very busy, but (laughs) like a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Being at Cutter's Camp for me as, as an industry professional is absolutely incredible. Making these connections with people in the industry, having these conversations with people like me um, that have similar, similar struggles and go through similar problems within their roles or in their past that they're trying to, you know, better for their future in the industry and and for their positions it's it's absolutely powerful to put a name or a face to all these names that i've heard of and you know never met you and me both. talked to. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it's it's so amazing to create these this connection and this web of of support across the industry and i think that's very similar to its tits and what's happening with those panels and mm. those pitch sessions where everyone's coming together and creating these connections and support system for each other to be able to, you know, kind of rise together and and take hold of the future in a way that, that we can all, you know, work together and, and yeah. better it.
0: Was like, Jess Kamara here for that? She was. Yes. Dude, we were, yeah. doing, we were doing we mm-hmm. doing a walk we were doing a walk by and Charles was like Charles I was so like, I thought it was Jess Kamara. I was like, what no? Yeah. yeah. Like zoomed in and took, yeah. Yeah, a picture of her. I was like, dude, quit. <laughs> Go say hi. <laughs> okay, before we jump into some push road questions, I have to give a shout out to the sponsor of episode 46, and that is Crystal Mountain. Amazing place in the Pacific Northwest. I need to get up there for sure. But they're hiring. They're looking for operators. To check out what they're hiring for, you want to go over to their website, www.crystalmountainresort.com. Find the employment link at the bottom of the page and hit up Connor Lyons. That's who you want to talk to. Let's roll that intro. The
2: push-roll question of the day.
0: Um... Uh, I will say I do have. Uh, we'll call them special guest questions. They're push road questions, but we've got some special guest questions. Uh, first one comes from yours truly, Marsha Hovey, and she wants to know if either of you sleep at all. I mean, you just do so much. Right.
3: <laughs> we could give the question right back to her. <laughs> she is, um, no, I mean that in as a compliment. I mean, oh, we're talking to have work-life balance. I'm not trying to compliment overworking, but I just mean that Marsha is doing incredible things and and working yes. her butt off and changing the game constantly. So. Huge, huge, massive, massive prop to Marcia. She's an incredible human. Yeah, well, um, She's
4: here now. She she was dearly missed and, and her presence at the camp and at It's Tits would have been, you know, incredible and, you know, we're all thinking of her because she is a catalyst for a lot of these movements happening now.
0: Uh, yes. yes, most definitely. Uh, next question is from PJ. Uh, handle is homie Rafiki, is that right? Homie Rafiki. Homie yeah. Rafiki, yeah, and my English is not too well. Nice. Uh, not too good. <laughs> See, there we go. can't even talk it. Uh, uh, so the question is for Chloe for PJ, and he wants to know: he says, Chloe, what have been some of your biggest challenges as an up-and-coming operator?
2: Ooh. That's a
3: great question.
2: Ooh.
4: <laughs> um, my, some of my biggest challenges as an up-and-coming operator. Operator, um, I think, I think just you know any operator that that is fresh in the industry is is trying to kind of navigate a little bit of the industry and try and figure out how it works. And I I definitely have struggled with with choosing the right path and and choosing you know where I want to go with with this and and actually envisioning a future. I think the last time that. We talked, Parker, you asked me, you know, where do you want to go with this? And yeah, it's a, you, it's a tough question. Yeah, and I remember like saying, you know, I, I don't know. I love to be in a cat and like I, I'm i very passionate about this and I don't see myself like stepping into a different role. And, and that was, you know, that's very different than how I feel now. I feel like with all of these opportunities to be more involved in the industry, I feel like I'm trying to navigate my future within it. Mm and my bi- biggest struggle has been deciding you know if i can make this sustainable for me in mm. the long term um, and financially we, yeah. and you know um, emotionally you know definitely financially though like just trying to to navigate my future and and see you know work towards something and and figure out what that is and whatever that may be like i you know am full Bore ahead in the cat, and that's what I love about it. And I definitely want to make it something that I can last in into the future.
0: Yeah, and we rapped about that for a minute last time we talked to you. Don't you have a degree in botany or something like yeah,
4: that? Yeah, I have a degree in botanical science and Whoa. agricultural physiology, and something that is not so at a, all related to. So you're a
0: NASA I scientist.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> More building like rocket ship feel. yeah well you know that is something that feels so far away from me now it's four years ago that I I graduated from college and I've always had this plan of going back but the more into the industry I become the the more I'm I'm passionate about it and I don't see myself being able to step away unless you know I can't make the sacrifices that I have to, to stay in the industry because of the wages and because of the living situations. And Mm. I, you know, that's a huge struggle that was a big conversation this week at Cutter's Camp within um, everybody, you know, the wage issue and how we are also passionate yet. We don't feel like sometimes we have to make the sacrifices to, to keep with this passion, which is a big struggle.
0: Yeah. Um, I got another question, and it's from Corinne. I think she's from Stephen's Pass. Is that right? Yes, Corinne. Yeah. She was yeah. at Corinne. camp. Yeah, yeah. She's rad. <laughs> so Corinne's question is, tips on how I go about starting a take-the-rake type event at my home mountain?
4: Well, um, at tips, I guess, you know, get management on board, um, kind of pitch the idea to them. Uh, if it is for your resort, if it's a resort-backed event, having, you know, a conversation with management, um, expressing, you know, how this event will will cater to their their brand and uh, any other brand that wants to support. And I'm sure that Mary has some things to say about that as well.
3: No, that I think obviously, that's a great, great place to start, as Clay mentioned. And, and I think one thing to think about, too, is that there's there's kind of a, it's not a black and white, like, you know, take the rake or nothing kind of thing. Like I think when we were in the panel, um, on uh Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I'm like, I'm like, what day is it right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I am there too. It's a Friday. <laughs> when we were in the panel, um, Laura Rogowski up a great point where it, it doesn't, it can be sometimes daunting, um, trying to plan an entire event. I think Chloe, um, you actually brought up to during the panel. We were like Martha, uh, Mar- Martha, Martha, Marcia, excuse me, my brain, Marsha, um, it was like, you know, she works for Trollhagen full-time and it was like having like another full-time job planning this event, a bit planning is can be really time-consuming. And if you have that, that, um, that freedom for them, that's freaking awesome. Or if you're like, hey, I want to start a little smaller to get this kind of off the ground and then keep growing it. That is so doable too. So the point that Laura Rogowski brought up is she's like, you know, there's so many different aspects of getting women involved. And one thing that she's been working on this past year is like just these kind of, more localized get togethers for women that maybe aren't even in the park crew now. And she just shows them how to rake. And like, you know, she did one at a shop in Vermont and, you know, you can do them on Hill. And, you know, she said, quote, basically all you need is like, get a mailbox, get the women together, you know, and uh, show them how to set it up. (laughs) And so there's so many different ways that you can organize. um, But I think, you know, just, I guess, figuring out how much, how much bandwidth you have and what kind, what the scale of the event you want to have, because any gathering of women that are interested in terrain park and mountain ops is going to be incredible and powerful. Um, No matter if it's, you know, 12 women and two cats and a whole park at Trollhagen, or if it's, you know, eight women and a handful of rakes and shovels and a small section of the park. There's, I think all of that strengthens um, what we're doing. Uh, I think one of the other things to do is, Reach out to the women that were a part of Take the Rink and talk to them. And I'm sure if you DM them or get in touch with them, you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest things I see in snowboarding in general and specifically in women's snowboarding. Um, and uh, as well as the queer snowboarding community, I feel you see it a lot in, in um, BIPOC snowboarding. Us, all the, you know, um, kind of like underrepresented groups right now, everyone is so supportive of one another. And it's incredible and willing to lend a hand and help in any way that they can with whatever anyone else is kind of doing. And so really utilize the other people in this community as resources. And I think starting asking Chloe, this question is a great start, but definitely reach out to people on Instagram. Um, don't get discouraged if they don't reply right away. They might not even see the guy DM and, uh, yeah, just, you know, talk to people and see what can I do. And, big or small it's such a huge contribution to the industry and it can grow from however it starts
2: yeah
0: you're absolutely right and I think maybe spinning off of that I mentioned something during the um, during the panel just as I attempted to, to moderate the greatness that was up there on stage. I wish you guys could have talked for two hours. <laughs> um, but one of the things that got brought up was, you know, the actual presence of more women in the operator's seat, um, too. And specifically within parks and specifically within uh, free grooming or alpine or uh, flat trackers, whatever you want to call them. Maybe we'll be nice and just call everybody cat operators here for the sake of names. Uh, but I think overall, it's very difficult being a dad myself, to a seven-year-old little girl who questions as to why even herself, she notices it. How come there aren't as many ladies driving those machines, Dad? And so, I brought up the point during the panel of it's really difficult to be what you can't see. And I want to know, leaning more towards the allied question, how do we make uh, men, people, LGBTQ, everybody involved, we'll just call people, uh, for the sake of names. But, um, how do we make people more comfortable, uh, with, like we talked about earlier, Mary and wrapping back towards that, but asking the right questions or listening, being approachable, but being an ally the right way, you know, because it's one thing, I don't want to use the word a cost, but I don't know. I can't speak from the experience because I've not been in the shoes of either of you, and a, an appropriate ally, in my opinion, is the best ally, not an ally that's going to tell you how it's done. Although I did it this way or this is how it's supposed to be. or You should be behaving this yeah. way. So how do how do we as men in the industry um, become better allies?
3: That's an amazing question. Chloe, do you want to start or I can start? Um, I actually I just
4: looking thinking back on our panel. Um, Mary, you had some pretty and pretty incredible answer to um, a question that was asked by the audience about creating this space, and I'd love to hear you talk about that.
3: Well, I think, you know, I think it's a it's it's can be kind of it's a fine line between you know supporting someone and almost you know like um, encroaching, you know, what I mean, like yeah. not letting them have the freedom. So it is a challenge, right? And I think the best thing to do thinking about that and when you want to be in an allyship position and in a support position is to be really come from a place of um, that is humble and genuine to start. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I think, and I think, you know, um, you know, speaking on on behalf of just being a woman, I think if someone approaches me, if like say a man approaches me and they come from that position where they're not being condescending and they're um, being genuinely interested or, you know, uh, and humble in that, and they they could even tell me, like, I'm not really sure how to approach this, but I will respect that. And I will appreciate that because that's how I feel like, you know, in the conversations we're having as women, those are the that's the way we approach one another. Um, and so but I think that, you know, this is a really important topic as well, because women, we we still very much need and want the support of our male peers, counterparts, managers, um, you know, um, uh subordinates whatever it is um you know that's really really integral to the success of women in the industry because you know for me personally when i was coming up in snowboarding there were many times when i was around uh you know a meeting table in a boardroom or whatever it was um you know we had to quote unquote boardroom it was actually boardroom. that sounds so funny to say in snowboarding but, <laughs> yeah, you know we're meetings. having a meeting where like you know, you're saying something as a female and you're, you're not getting, you're not being hurt. You're you're mm-hmm. at the table literally, but you're not being really still given that space. And I have had males in my professional life look at the room and say, you need to listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And then everyone shuts up and listens. And so, you know, and I think another example of this in a different way is at take the rake. Um, the first night we were there, they had this really incredible shop there and, Adam Mahler is a, um, like he's like a master welder. Um, I don't know if that's the right term, but he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, has the official, like he's amazing at it. And so he put on a welding clinic and like Chloe was there and Jess Goucher and Laura Rakowski and, um, Egan Wintz. And, you know, in the panel, he brought up that he was really trying to be, to, to teach and give people opportunity because a lot of girls were saying that, you know, they had never been been offered or given the chance to learn how to do that or to try that at their home mountains, even though they really were interested in it. Mm. And so he was very, he said for him, he was very cautious doing that of not overstepping or, you know, quote unquote mansplaining um, while being able to be a mentor in that situation. And I think, I think starting with the acknowledgement of just trying to walk that line is a great place to start. And we're all going to make mistakes as we try to support one another. And again, I think if we come from a place of genuineness and humility, then that's okay. And I think, um, but we as women, like we, I think we are do a pretty good job of supporting one another overall. And we're, I think that's really just a rising tide right now, but it's really, really integral and necessary for men to be in that position of support as well because we need that one we you know we love working with guys and that's a great part of the industry but there's definitely times when there are positions that without that support we may not have access to it still I think and and we're in an incredible time of the world where there is you know a lot of wonderful equality and things like that gender equality but there's if we just assume everything's okay then we don't maybe think about how there are moments and instances when we need to kind of go the extra mile to support um, a female counterpart or something like that. I think that's just really important. I don't know if I said that as eloquently as well as I did during the panel, but I just, I think the takeaways, I guess, are um, humility, um, being totally okay with making mistakes sometimes in in trying to support or trying to be in that support role in the allyship role um, and just kind of acknowledging that we all want to work together and we, we do need that support still.
4: I do think that those three factors that you mentioned really help facilitate this space that that we can, we can grow in and and your question of how we can get more operators female operators on board is like facilitating that space through using these three factors that kind of facilitate mm, an open yeah. space for someone to progress or to be able to say like i'm interested in this how how can i get in the cat how can i get to this point and in yeah. this industry we have this this thing that Everyone talks about the boys club, you know, like shop talk. And a lot of that, a lot of the time it discourages women from wanting to be a part of it. And it, it it does have to change. Like we have to be more aware of the space that we're creating for women and seeing if they're, you know, if that space is actually encouraging them to be present or if it's turning them away. Mm. And a lot of a lot of people ask, well, you know, nobody's applying to my program. No women are applying, so I'm not going to hire them if no one's applying. But why? Why aren't they applying to your program? Mm. Look in look within to your program and see the issues that may be about facilitating the space. Is the space there for them to even, you know, feel like they could be a part of it or be welcomed within it. So it's really about you know having this attitude, using those three factors, and being able to facilitate the space where women actually can even envision themselves being a part of.
3: I what Chloe said that really well, and I think one of the big discussions that's happening um, in on the women's side of snowboarding right now, currently, and I'm sure this is happening in the greater you know greater world a lot as well, and. Social media plays a large part of this just our kind of overall digital culture, but is imposter syndrome and feeling Mm -hmm. like you don't belong. And there are so many discussions um, that I've been a part of where women are expressing and even established women who are already in the industry and doing great work, but they're expressing feelings of self-doubt and feelings of imposter syndrome and that they they don't feel like they belong and like, oh, uh, and they're snowboarders. Like that they, they've been snowboarding for years and they've been in the industry for a good amount of time, sometimes longer. And and I think I think just coming out and being able to talk about that is huge. And so I think it's it's not like we have to alter what we're doing in a profession in the professional world like in this huge way. It's like Chloe was saying, it's just like sometimes it could just be as much as if you have a female in your park crew or muscle female going up to them and saying, Hey, what are your goals? Like you seem to be really interested in this, in what we're doing. Do you, do you have an interest in driving a cat? Are you interested in going this direction or that direction? Do you have asked, like, what are your aspirations? Do you want to learn how to weld? Like just asking them, because I think, it's not that hard one to ask really, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, and you you, and, are, you are a journalist, I mean, but you're verifying the point I made earlier. Excellent question, great Lister. Yeah. I mean, come on yeah. now. Yeah.
3: And and I think it's just it's just, you know, again, going back to what we talked about initially, it's just not relying on the individual. And this could go for yeah. guys too. I'm sure yeah. this guys yeah, absolutely. also. Absolutely. Um, that for them to have to come out and say, I want this, I want this, I want this, which is great if someone feels that they can do that, but right now with kind of this like very healthy discussion going on for things like imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff just to put it out there and let someone know that they, that, you know, their, their manager or their, you know, someone just on the park who more experience than them is interested to be like, Hey, what's your, do you have any goals in professional development or do you want to talk about what that even looks like and what the possibilities are? Like you're, you know, you're really picking up like how to groom transition super well. Like, have you ever thought about like hopping in the cat or anything? And one of the things that's really cool is, um, uh, Annie, one of the girls that take the rake, she works at Woodward at uh, Boreal and she started driving the cab this year. Yeah, yeah, Annie. that was and, rad. Yeah, heard about yeah. that. And that's like so so cool. And it's like you know, I just think sometimes it's just you know, like like you said with your daughter Parker, it's like having seeing this, seeing someone in that position, and being like, oh, this is this exists, this is possible for me. And then like Quote was just saying, it's just presenting a little bit of opportunity, and I feel like. like when we, we, we make, you know, print magazines, we have limited pages every, we make two issues a year. And at Snowboarder, was the same. We had four issues a year for a long time. And you have limited pages, right? And when we go into making a magazine, like at Snowboarder right now, excuse me, at Snowboard right now, especially we look at it we say, okay, you know, do we have photos by female photographers? You know, do we, do we have, do we have any, you know, photos by, of, you know, of, uh, from a queer photographer or, you know, think they're just that's something that we're just thinking about. And maybe, you know, 10 years ago in snowboarding, it wasn't exactly, you didn't think about it in the exact same way. And it's not checking a box by any means. It's just going that extra thing to say, okay, I want to make sure that I'm doing a, the extra legwork, which really isn't that much. <laughs> it's not like we're asking, it's like this crazy hard thing, but just to say, like, I'm, am I thinking about the other things in addition to what I'm already doing? Am I asking this person, do I make, might they be interested in this? Just going to, It really doesn't take too, too much to go out of the way. And again, you're going to make mistakes sometimes, but just the fact that you're doing it and pushing is like, that's hugely, that's just that makes change. That makes huge change.
4: Yeah. And it's, it's goes across the board for everyone, man, woman, or any color or size shape, you know, if it's your team and you're starting with that, Chris Hardgraves actually had a, a a panel where he mentioned, you know, it it all starts with the relationship with, with your crew and, and with your coworker and you, that basic relationship and, and understanding where they come from and, and, creating that conversation of like you know what are your goals where do you want to come with this and that's that's how we we build relationships and build teams and and have this issue a solution to the issue of retention and you know building a a, a team against this common problem of, that we're seeing
0: yeah i was gonna say like uh, the um well it's not like I don't think it's the inverse. Maybe it is. No, it's definitely not the inverse, but it's relatable to the question. And like, for example, when you have a situation with an employee, an operator, we use the operator specifically when the operator gets excited about what they have going on in the job or the task that they've been assigned, but they may not know exactly how to do it. And they have to involve the manager or the supervisor or the other operator that has more experience. Right. Right. And when that employee then looks at that other operator that's more experienced and it's male and female, how does the dude, because typically, and this is, I'm speaking from my experience here, dude to dude, it was, dude, this, this literally, you make it look so easy, you know? And if the gal is saying that to the manager, that's a guy, you know, how does the guy receive that? Because you can really foster that, um, that relationship between the craft and the operator, by motivating the individual correctly. And I think that's where I'm going with like the right way to be an ally. So like incredible answers and supporting it in a manner that can not deter the individual from going, well, they don't, they, yeah, imposter syndrome uh, coming in. I'm not being communicated to. Um, I don't feel like I'm advocated for. I don't really even know what my job is. I kind of feel like I'm just here and in a space and I'm not motivated to stay because I don't have the support. Um, it's, it's just, it's an, it's an interesting environment. And at Cutters, I mean, we were out there doing the coaching session this morning, right? And, uh, when you get somebody that's genuinely interested in learning, that's exactly what goes down. It was, and I just experienced it this morning, dude, how do you make it look that easy? How do you, (laughs) how do you do that? And if you're not as comfortable around the opposite sex, or you're not as comfortable around somebody that identifies sexually different than you, that's gonna be that's a barrier, and it's not that person's fault. So I'll go there for a second, but I think like just the allied component is um, so big, as you stated, Mary and Chloe. And I think as this industry continues to foster those conversations, just remember that there we're we're all people. You know, we're all we're all people just trying to be amazing at our craft. And and if that happens to be operations within the ski industry world at the resort level, then. I think we just need to kind of open our heart and soul a little bit and say, "Hey, how did I start here? Oh, the same way you did. Let's figure out how we can make this work. We
4: can all fight as hard as as we want to break through that glass ceiling, but if someone just
0: opens the sky, right? and
4: helps us up, it yes, I
0: just <laughs> then mentally wrote that one down right there. Damn, that was good.
3: <laughs> that was
0: really good. Damn, <laughs> woo, and,
3: and, and that's so true. It's like you know, if you when you put in this time to. When you put in this time to get to the to get to a position um, where you're experienced, where like you're in that position of coaching, or you're in a managerial role, or you're just like you know the head digger on a crew, when you when you have settled into a position of confidence in whatever your role is, even I, you're still growing, I'm sure, and developing your own skills, but when you have the, that confidence, it's really exciting when someone who is you know newer in the getting into it is like oh my god you're really great at this or like you how did you make that look so easy like that's such a wonderful compliment and what makes it even more exciting and wonderful is when you can kind of like share that with them and help them come up like it is so gratifying to be able to share what you've done and what you've learned with someone else and i think that can be a really wonderful just like such a fulfilling aspect of being involved in the snow industry. And it's like that, you know, the rising tide raises all boats. Like, and especially if they're on, if you're working with them on the, the same crew, it's like you, they learn from you, they get better at their job. Everyone's happy. The work is easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just so many benefits, but it's, it's, that can be such a wonderful, fulfilling
4: thing. It it feels so great, and I, you know, have back to kind of imposter syndrome of, mm. you know, I'm a four year operator, and I'm a woman, and I've always had, you know, I've had come across this issue of like being in a position where I have to train someone and, and not being well received because of, you know, my short time in the industry or be, the fact that I'm younger or that I'm a woman, and and that's that's been a re- big struggle for me in the past, but coming to Cutter's Camp, I've had two sessions. I've coached uh, PJ and Cody.
0: I was going to say, can we shout out PJ? Because he was stoked. He was... (laughs)
4: PJ was rad. He was super stoked, very, very excited, and super receptive and and just, like, open. And it was great to teach him. Cody from Bogus, like, they were both so great. And it felt so good to be able to, you know, give everything I have to them and have them actually receive it and and be open to listening to me without any misconceptions of, of, like, my role or anything, you know? And that, that was kind of... you know a fear of mine going into it. Like, is mm. anyone really going to want to listen to what I have to say or why would they, you know? But in reality, we're all just trying to swap ideas and learn from each other. And that was so fulfilling. So I totally agree with you, Mary. That's a really good feeling.
0: We all blade dive for sure. hundred <laughs> um, percent. Hey, I want to, this is a question that I ask um, everybody on the show, Mary. And um, I, I want to know, But if it happens to be um, within the industry, that's okay. But I would love to know maybe a piece of you that's defined or something that defines you that's outside of the industry. Uh, It can be anything, uh, but if it is the industry, that's okay. And if you weren't doing your gig at Snowboard as a dream job, what would you be doing?
3: Oh, man. I've actually (laughs) never... (laughs) Shit. (laughs) oh man um that is i didn't prepare for this um, <laughs> parker
0: you're throwing me under the bus you gave everybody else questions but you that's didn't give great, me a,
3: yeah. <laughs> no that's a great question well one um okay so i'm gonna start backwards one if i wasn't doing what i'm doing now in snowboarding with a snowboard and getting to commentate and all that i'm gonna throw that in there because that's such a really exciting thing for me right now um and such a huge point of my own growth work-wise and personally so um i don't know i've never thought really about the alternative i think um i don't know that there is one <laughs> hey, fair <laughs> enough know? Fair I, enough. and not not to be non not unimaginative. um i just was actually listening to this um what's that guy it's like mark maron he does a podcast called yep. wtf
2: yeah yep, yep, so yep, yep. that's a good one
3: actually Long story short, I just heard about this like a week ago, uh, Mark Graven told me, and he has that one, he did one with Tony Hawk, so I listened to the one with Tony Hawk, and um, he says this thing in it, and i am it was applying to Tony Hawk because he's an incredible um, uh, athlete, I actually texted it to myself because I was running at the time, and um, I thought this was kind of a fun thing, and granted, again, he's talking to, like, the, the most famous and you know arguably one of the most successful action sports or skateboardered action sports athletes of all time. Um when he said this, but he said when you're presented with something that is your calling, um <laughs> that you see it's so when he said when you're presented with something that is your calling, um you you have the lack of cho- I wrote this wrong sorry I'm totally butchering this but he said something to the effect of when you're presented with something that is your calling what you have is a lack of choice for the rest of your life oh, and yeah. in a positive way and I kind of really like that science so I think I, I was on a run when I was reading the podcast I was texting with one hand and I think Siri might have gotten in there and messed it up but uh but I liked that because I think for me, and I, I would imagine for so many people in snowboarding and in the snow world and the resort world, that um, you do it by any means necessary. And it's it's so driving because it is hard. It's hard financially. It can be hard with the work-life balance. Um, it can be hard on your relationships and your life and all aspects. But um, you do it because you love it. And I think really sticking around long-term requires a bit of um, – masochistic passion (laughs) because you're constantly like kind of uh you know you're working really hard but you but you love it and so it's really hard for me to um actually think about i guess um what i would be doing otherwise i i kind of can't imagine it other than the fact that on Tuesday when it was really nice because the weather's been really crazy up here just as it is at um, Mount Hood in, at this time of year, um, I was joking with one of the other photographers um, also uh, big shot to him because he's an incredible supporter of uh, women in and snowboarding and uh, Stefan Jendi. And I was like, you know what? I think we might have blown it. We should have become bird photographers. <laughs> 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 like, you know, the, the big joke mm. is like, oh, we should have gotten into surfing or skateboarding because the weather is really good and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's sharks and surfing. But like, but we we're like, you know, because Monday was so, it was really treacherous weather, amazing. and you're out there and you're, and you're like, it's raining on you, and you're still getting sunburned, and you're cold, and you're damp, whatever. And I was like, you know what? Birds. Bird. That's where we really blew it. Like, you sit there and you get all meditative, and you take photos of some really cool, like, larks. Yeah. You get a <laughs> and you're in a nice place, and you get this really cool, like, you know, close up of a bird, and it's sick. <laughs>
0: Look at the wings. Look at the wingspan there. It's so big. The wing the wingspan is massive. (laughs) Exactly. He's coming in for a swooping fish. Oh, got it. Yeah, look at that. That's my Australian accent. I've been around.
3: Alaska Charles too much. So um so yeah, that was a very long aspect of that question. But um, you know, bird photography. I think
4: all of us in the industry, we're so deep within it. If we're in it, we're in it. And it's so hard to find define ourselves outside of it oh and that's it's so kind tough of just like maybe it's not healthy but it's yeah. the <laughs> harsh reality of our lives we've chosen so dopamine cho-
0: dopamine hit that happens daily we can't let go of yeah being a part of this yeah world. yeah uh, yeah Chloe, I do want to know what your summer plans are. Uh, Maybe tell the world kind of you've transitioned. We went over it a little earlier, but are you going to stay um, and work at Timberline this summer?
4: Yes, I am staying. This is, I haven't actually started night shift yet. I've Mm. been here for almost uh, two weeks and I've just, (laughs) I've just living the dream. Yeah, with the It's Build and then Cutter's Camp. But I will be here until the end of the summer again, um, building the public parks. private parks, camps, whatever, camp zones, FTC, um, and spending time in the Pacific Northwest a little bit until August. So I'm really excited to be back here. It's such a special place. And this is an incredible way to kick off a like my summer my second summer here so pretty badass yeah very
0: great well we believe it or not i know mary's got somewhere she's got to go so i definitely don't want to take up any more of her time we're lounging up here in the booth the blue locks bar uh maybe quickly before we sign off ladies where can people find you if you're willing to receive any questions about take the rake um how they can bring an event similar to that to their hill um or any other intel that you could provide where can they find you online or or where else
4: yeah, um, you can send me a DM. I am terrible with my phone, but I am definitely <laughs> on Instagram more than I would like to be. So, you know, at Flowey Chloe, send me a DM. Start the conversation. I'm happy to hear about anything and we can talk shop, talk industry. And it's um, I'm definitely open to whoever reaching out to me and we can take hold of this industry together.
3: <laughs> um uh, yeah, same goes for me as well. Um I am Walsh MT is my name slightly backwards uh, on Instagram and then I also have a website um, which I need to upkeep more but it's uh, Mtwalsh.com and I think my emails on there so definitely I'm stoked for anyone to reach out to me uh, I am also uh, not the greatest sometimes at uh, getting back promptly and I'm trying to get better at that but well, it's you're a, like a world traveler so right you might be in like a totally different <laughs> time zone <laughs> exactly. she's in China exactly, so. come on.
0: Yeah. Don't give her a <laughs> so hard time. appreciate
3: everyone's patience always. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I, I always tell people like, if, if someone doesn't respond, don't necessarily take it personally. They don't want to talk to you. Just, I would say, hit them up again. Um, because we're all kind of doing the jobs of, you know, five people in, in snowboarding for the most part and not, not a bad way, but just sometimes you miss things. So, but I'm really happy to talk to you. know Anyone that's interested in, in getting more deep into snowboarding into the event side of things, um, really anything being a part of this community because i think it's so incredible and so fulfilling and um can you learn so much and you make so many amazing friends so yeah i'm happy to hit me up everyone if you want anyone no one whatever
0: Uh, well, I've, I've really enjoyed this ladies this has been an awesome start to the day for me after jumping out of the cat so I'm going to call it my start to the day um, but it's been wonderful to have you both I can't thank you enough for your time and uh, just to talk a little bit deeper uh, into the perspectives of maybe how uh, Take the Rake was absorbed by others We're, we have that podcast episode out there but if you haven't listened to that check that out uh, so thank you both so much for your time and hopefully we get to catch up again and chat Big shout out and thank you to Chloe Butel and Mary Walsh for linking up to discuss even further the context um, and the thoughts of the Take the Rake panel discussion that uh, happened in episode 45. Um, thanks to all the ladies in episode 45 and Adam Mahler. Uh, but also, just just I, I really think there's so much in both of these conversations that a lot of people can take away and apply. So um, I'm going to hold everybody accountable to that. All right, and lastly, I want to give another thank you to uh, the sponsor of episode 46, Crystal Mountain. Uh, If you're looking for a job, they're hiring operators, and you're going to want to go over to their website at www.crystalmountain.com. Check out what they're hiring for. Talk to Connor Lyons. Should be a good time up there. He's a great guy. You know the deal. Don't be a dick. Fill up your machine with diesel and deft at the end of your shift, please.